Hi everyone, it's Adam from Monkey Tennis here, just saying a huge thank you to all of you that have supported my charity appeal uh, so far. For those that haven't heard about it, this September I'm going to be swimming uh, 15 kilometres uh, between five islands in Cornwall. Uh, I'll be swimming the Isles of Scilly, that's Scilly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. Um, I'm doing it because I want to, but also to raise money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably. It's a well-known statistic that 125 people in the UK die by suicide every week, and Calm run a free and confidential helpline for for people to speak through their problems and ultimately to help prevent suicides. Um, I'm looking to raise enough money to train two new phone workers um, to man those lines um, and I'll be doing it by swimming the Isles of Scilly in Cornwall. Um, if you're looking to support me it would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can donate at justgiving.com. Um, just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now, on with Monkey Tennis. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, everybody. This is uh, producer Jed here. They don't usually let me speak, but I've kind of crept away and they don't realize that I'm doing this. I just want to say thank you very much for listening for the past two seasons and for uh, buying tickets to our live show. And thankfully, um, you guys love us and we have sold out all of the tickets for our live show on the 24th of November. Really, really proud of the guys and really proud of myself for producing such a great show. Um, if you can't get to the show, don't worry, because we are recording it, of course, and we will be putting it out towards Christmas. And there will be a few surprises on the night, so get excited. About Jed, 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 yes, what, Tom? What, are you, what are you doing? Uh, um, nothing, Tom, nothing. You're just testing the mic, right? Just testing we... the mics. Okay. Um, yeah, the mics so sound fine to... now. Yeah, mics sound fine. Okay, well, and also, why why have you not got your trousers on? Jed, can you put your trousers on? We need to get this episode started. <sighs> All right. This episode of Monkey Tennis is brought to you by the massive Beefy to Bear Company. Celebrate the best of London in the comfort of your own home with our life-size Beefy to Cuddly Bears. There's enough space for a man to hide inside, and all of our stuffed toys have been tested to withstand an aggressive stabbing. Don't be mugged or not appreciated. Bring a massive bear dressed as a beef eater home for your kids today. Disclaimer, may not be easily transportable by bus. Monkey tennis. Damn! Monkey tennis. Love pierce my foot of his thigh. Monkey tennis. Go to London, I guarantee you'll either be mugged or not appreciated. Monkey tennis? Damn! Monkey tennis? Uh, on the whole, a very good effort. Seven on ten. 
It's hotter than the sun. Back of the net. Monkey tennis. Hello and welcome to Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge podcast less official than Bono's house. I'm Adam Brooks and let me introduce ye co-hosts, Tom Dark. Golly, an alien judge. Nick Older. Sam and Heather. And Tom Stab. Bono! So today we're dealing with episode five of series two of I'm Alan Partridge. I know what Alan did last summer. Uh, starting in Radio Norwich, he's introducing... <laughs> always it, the same. It always does. Always yeah. the same. <laughs> uh, he's introducing sweaty lunatic Iggy Pop. Which I wouldn't say he's a lunatic, but he is quite sweaty. Yeah. He really is. I think, so, it, I think it might be a lunatic. Very pu- damp. Part of his punk special, which yeah, includes yeah, the, uh, the Iggy punk, Pop and Madness. The punk pack. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did think Iggy Pop, yes, Madness, maybe not <laughs> Also, so much. did you notice that it, he said it builds to a climax with Madness? <laughs> the punkest of the punk. Baggy trousers. <laughs> uh, and it's probably worth mentioning at this point, we have put together a Spotify playlist of all the music played or referenced in Series 2. And you can find the link to that on our Facebook and Twitter and various things. Yep, on Twitter we're at the Partridge Pod or it's Facebook.com slash the Partridge Pod. Uh, Alan's got another polo neck on. I think I make this his fifth or sixth of the series. You're really? loving his polo necks, aren't I you? I think he might have bought them in bulk, you know. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. They're all the Probably same. Probably from Foster's Menswear. Just a good deal. Yeah. <laughs> Lucrative sponsorship deal. Uh, he introduced his Super Talk feature, sponsored by Ginster's Pasties. Super Talk! Brought to you by Ginster's Pasties. Better, a better sponsor than Dettol? Uh, I would say so. Probably more on brand. Yeah. Less, less relevant, though. Dettol's got more to do with the deep bath than, than Ginsters has You want your Dettol for talk. your deep bath, you want your Ginsters for your super talk. It, 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 it all makes sense. Yeah. Perhaps it's fueled for super talk? Uh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> maybe. I don't know if you've tried to super talk with a mouthful of Ginsters. It's not going to end well. Oh, we should have bought some Ginsters, shouldn't fact, we? In fact, there's an, an amazing sequence of jingles in this, open, in this opening section of the show because you've got a super talk. Followed by email of the evening. A mile of the evening. And it's some <laughs> kind of Dalek or robot voice. And then you have the incredible traffic jingle, which uh, we're going to play in full now because it's worth listening to the entire thing. Get out of the way, you f***ing idiot. You can get a bus through there, you f***ing You stupid f***ing Let me through. Go. There's nothing there. Go. Absolutely filthy. So good. Oh. Uh, lots of swearing in that <laughs> uh, so they're super talking about evil dogs uh, I just wanted to uh, stand up for the dog community and say there is no such thing as an evil dog and uh, the evil owners <laughs> good point all Please. dogs are lovely <laughs> even especially the naughty ones especially the naughty ones oh. always reward them kisses <laughs> I also love the, uh, the email of the evening he, the voice he's done that in the Dalek style voice he clearly still thinks of email as being the future it's like, <laughs> it's like in a previous episode where he talks about Danko fire sticks being used in futuristic TV series the X-Files even though the X-Files is set in present day yeah. 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 Um, the prize he's given away as well is clearly some of Sonia's leftover London tats isn't it? <laughs> yeah. if, if you look around the studio there is London tats everywhere as well, so it's gradually increasing. He's run out of space in the static caravan. I think he's basically just using his uh, yeah. studio as a storage area. <laughs> but that did make me wonder. You see these bits of London tat kind of in the background at the static home uh, in the studio. Where does Sonia keep getting these from? Does, it, does this mean she's going to London constantly? Or I, is she going to London once and bulk buying all I these think things? It's, I think it's mail order. Yeah, it's uh, got to be, isn't it? Can yeah, because sure, yeah, yeah, <laughs> later on, she treats it as, as a real treat to go to London. It's almost as if she's, she's only ever been <laughs> well, there once or twice. We, we all know it isn't a treat to go to London. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we find out uh, Alan has a cousin as well who once bought a tweeny knockoff. Can anyone remember what it was full of? 
soil bandages. bandages. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think there'd be some kind of early warning signs around, like, surely it'd be like a bad smell. It wouldn't smell good, would it? <laughs> Maybe it depends how badly soiled the bandages are. True, yeah, true. Yeah. We'll that's never left, know. That's left to the viewer's imagination, which I think <laughs> is a smart, a smart yeah. idea. Yeah. Um, post-credits, his one-liner is a fat arms, big beard, and that's just for men. Women. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the prize is giving away the action man military figure. That's not Sonya's tat. Is that just general tat that he's it giving is away? It is Sonya's tat. It is. Yeah, it's a beef eater. Yeah, it's a beef eater bear. But why does he say action man? Because he's trying to sell the... That, that's the joke. Yeah, he's trying to sell it to the audience. <laughs> yes, again. Ah. <laughs> they, Sorry, yeah, Nick, they can't can see check? what we can see. The prize is a stinker. Nick, can I just check? Have you actually watched the episodes before we've recorded this? Yeah. Of course. What, in 2002? Yeah. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> he comes back I've in... got him. I've done him. <laughs> he comes back into the studio uh, playing the end of Bill Withers, who, thank the Lord, is still with us. Yes. Uh, I presume we've all checked to see if Bill Withers is still with us in no. 2016. I actually I'll haven't have, done that. I'll have oh. a quick look. Oh, no, well, I already know. So, okay, uh, do you want to... Well, well, something pro- might have happened shall overnight. I, shall I tell you... <laughs> yet to be discovered by the maid. <laughs> shall I tell you when he was born? He's born in 1938. Uh, do, you, do you want to all take a guess? Tom Dark, do you think Bill Withers is still with us? Oh, I'm going to say no. Okay. Nick, Bill Withers, is yeah. he still with us? Still yeah, with I think us. he's still with us. Okay. At the time of recording, I should say that, <laughs> Bill, Bill Withers is still with us. Yay! All the best for Bill. Yeah. yeah. Uh, something of an... Uh, actually, no, you take this one, Tom Dark. Okay. okay. Uh, so, I was thinking, what is the best Bill Withers song? Uh, anybody want to... Any suggestions there? There's only one answer, isn't there? Well, well exactly. The answer it's, is... It's a lovely, lovely day. day. Uh, so... There's a bit of a running gag that we have between ourselves about uh, Lovely Day, the song, which is essentially seeing who can hold the Lovely Day note for the longest. So I thought, what more would our listeners like than yeah. to hear us doing that live I'd li- like to say for the record that gag is a strong word yep. to apply to this. I'd also like to apologise in advance. I'm yeah, still limbering I mean, up because yeah. I want to win this. <laughs> Stab is taking this seriously. Oh, I'm taking my shirt off. Uh, Important also, question. Don't, don't forget, you can skip forward a podcast by 15 second increments. So just tap that twice. And I think the people that listen to this yeah. have worked out a lot. Important question. Are we starting on the word lovely or the word day? I think you need lovely to get you in today. Okay. okay. <laughs> Producer Jed's got his stopwatch up. Right. Okay. Uh, give, us so Jed, give us a signal. give us a signal. we'll start with lovely. Three. Lovely day. It's <laughs> beautiful. Very melodious, very harmonic. Oh, it's, it's Adam versus Nick. Adam's out. <laughs> Nick's the winner. Yes, get it in. Those clean, clean 20, lines. That felt like a lot longer. 26, 26 seconds. seconds. Round it up, it's 27. Oh, <laughs> so, there yeah, there you go. Two taps on the uh, skip button. <laughs> Nobody knows that happens. Yep. Uh, that is podcast gold. Okay. <laughs> Alan gives the time as 1am. I thought his show ended at midnight. Seems like he's all over the shop. I think it's inconsistent. Yeah. <laughs> Much like this podcast. Yeah. Uh, and Clifton's been banned from driving, which Alan is having a great time that's, with. Yeah, that's no surprise, is it? Especially... Sorry, I think you mean Count Davila of Cliftonvania. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yep. <laughs> Jemble of the episode. <laughs> Jemble. Every bloody week. And uh, Dave accuses him of having shocking prizes, which is fair. Fair criticism. Uh but I that, mean, given that in a previous series, Dave was giving away £11,000, and Alice, <laughs> by comparison, true. in a better slot now, the Clifton away. suspension quiz. That's right. Yeah. Awful. It, it, the, the things Alan says about Clifton in this bit are brilliant. 
as the whole of Norfolk sleeps, something truly evil <laughs> stirs. <laughs> oh, Dave keeps trying to cut in, doesn't he? He's yeah. like, no, no, yeah, his yeah, coffin yeah. opens. With I've, I've, been up, I've been up all night drinking human blood, and Alan goes, is that all? <laughs> doesn't he burk up the um, sound effects as well? Uh, yeah, that happens uh, slightly earlier when he plays the jingle to Gianni Franche- Danny Franchetti's jazz box. <laughs> oh, that's right, yeah. um, I've got some good facts from the commentary about the Radio Norwich scenes. Uh, the commentary now is Peter Bainham and Steve Coogan. He wasn't, Steve Coogan's not on the commentary for the first few episodes, but oh. he joined it later in the Too series. Too busy, clearly. Too busy. Uh, so Alan's image, bomber jacket, etc. here is, is very much uh, post-midlife crisis. Uh, so Coogan had his teeth done between Series 1 and Series 2. That's ah, yeah. A, yeah, yeah. For you. Uh, the Norwich uh, radio logo uh, was updated for this series yes. as well. Yep. Uh, and in real life, I believe, the London studio where this Radio Norwich scene was filmed is owned by Noel Edmonds. Really? Yep, wow. true fact. Edmonds crops up quite a lot in Partridge. Uh, he's history, a, doesn't he's he? a comparison, isn't he? Really, yeah. But he yeah. Really often, yeah he's often a bit of a real life Martin. Yeah. Madeley Edmonds, they're the uh, <laughs> the source material in yeah. some ways. Um, Norwich as a city was actually a very arbitrary choice, and C. Coon got, was, got expressed mild annoyance where people would come up to him and be like, "Oh yeah, Norwich. Oh, I come from Norwich. Oh, I know all the places." You know, and Steve's a bit like, "Well, there's no kind of reason as to no, why it's Norwich. They just picked it. You know, they they wanted a place that somewhere that no one had laughed at before." Yeah, I, I guess you can't think of another, whether it's a sitcom or a film or kind of anything that's based in the Norwich area, can you? Yeah. Have Norwich done well out of it, or generally speaking? Well, didn't we, we said in the first series yeah. that N- Norwich Council blamed the series on them not getting City of Culture in one year, whatever it was. Mm, but yeah. they, Maybe yeah. they should have just tried harder. Yeah, There's more people that think worse of Norwich than there are people that are like, I'm going to go to Norwich because of Alan Partridge. Who, who's been to Norwich? Uh, yes. Producer mm. Jed and Tom Stab. Yep, I've been. Have you been. I would go there to do a part of Have you though. been? Answer the no. question. <laughs> I've already said no. <laughs> Speak up. What would you give? What would you give Norwich out of ten as a town? Oh, I, I really it's like it. Yeah. I think it's an eight. It's nice. Yeah, I it really like nice. it. Producer yeah. Jed. Uh, producer Jed saying four. Oh, harsh, harsh critic. Nick, what are you saying? Uh, seven. Okay, so we're probably Nick, averaging out. Not enough IMAXs and comic book shops in <laughs> producer Jed's liking. But Nick, when you were there, was that the Partridge Stag do that you did? Yes. So that is the best way to enjoy Norwich, I would Very imagine. true. Yeah, yeah, but the weather wasn't very good. If anything, Norwich, <laughs> if, if anything, Norwich Tourist Board should probably embrace Partridge to the fullest and do guided tours around yeah. there. Yeah, and maybe they do, I don't know. Also, we did publish uh, on our Facebook page a little video of uh, Nick's yes, stag do. Yes. Not his stag do, but the stag do no. he went on in Norwich. It's brilliant. Go do, check it out. Yeah, yeah do, Nick's do, not do had a stag do. Okay. No. Any more from the Radio Norwich studio? Oh, um, the last thing. Well, Dave Clifton signs off with uh, Let's Go West. So yep. that's uh, Go West again. Yeah, the great, second time Go West feature in uh, Partridge music. Also, I did make a note that Dave looked looks genuinely hungover. <laughs> yeah, he looks awful. He looks, he looks awful. genuinely tired. Or maybe he's just the undead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and actually, I've just checked online, there is actually a, a City of Norwich Alan Partridge walking tour that you can go on. Oh. So uh, we can post a link to that. Uh, and there's obviously a brilliant picture of Alan just at the top outside Norwich City Hall. So uh, yeah, if you are in Norwich and fancy a walk around, you can do the Alan Partridge walking tour. Or maybe we could organise some kind of a monkey tennis day out with all the fans. God, that's good. <laughs> We'd definitely go. Yeah, we? we'll definitely do that. Could we expense that? To, do a Kickstarter. Who? Yeah, I was going to say, who are we charging? Yeah. Jed? Jed will pay for The that. city yeah. of Norwich? <laughs> so we're back in the static caravan where uh, Alan's just enjoyed the best full English since Gary Wilmot's wedding. Uh, a good minor celeb shout. And also, yeah. I found a story on Reddit. I'm just going to read this out. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have the uh, the person who wrote its name, but we'll try and find so that. This is a Gary Wilmot story you've got. 
Yes. Excellent. So, I've sp- this is me quoting now. So, I've spoken to a few people about this joke over the years, and I've suddenly realised that I've never explained it here. Gary Wilmot, who some of us will remember, was an entertainer in the 80s who just happened to be married to my aunt. Yep. The backstory is that oh, my, my father took his own life when I was very young, and I don't really see his side of the family at all. Turn. But I remember a story I was told when I was younger about how my dad's sister was married to Gary Wilmot. They divorced a few years later. As you may have guessed, my father's side of the family were all pretty large and a little greasy, to say the least. I could totally see them having a fry up at the wedding, or if not, <laughs> it was clearly a dig at how unsavoury they were. I would love to know if Steve Coogan was at that wedding or if it was someone else. I always got a kick out of being one of the few people who knew the story behind the joke, and now it seems time to share it with the world. Wow, we've mm. shared it with the listeners. That's not really the story behind the joke. What they've said there is they've called some members of their family a bit greasy and said they might have had a fry up. <laughs> That's not factually a story at all, is it? Well, it's, I guess it's more, it's more the thing that, that, that you would serve a fry up at a wedding. Can I ask a question to the group? Uh, yeah. Off the back of this, uh, Alan going through what he considers to be uh, a 7 on 10 breakfast. Um, I actually think that's a little bit harsh because do, he does give uh, 10 on 10 to the bacon and the butter mushrooms, but then he mm. averages out uh, so downgrades it. I wanted to get uh, around the table, what is your perfect English full breakfast? What is, com- what is comprised of? Br- British Isles breakfast. British Isles breakfast, <laughs> sorry. I'll start with mine. So mine would be ideal, two sausages, two bacon, two hash brown, beans, mm, toast like and a cup of tea. If mushrooms are listed, I won't say no, but repeat, must be cooked in garlic butter. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> and the condiment yeah. of choice, and I know this is going to cause controversy, <laughs> is brown sauce no, every single time. always red sauce. Right, always red so, sauce. Thank look, you very much. I've planted my flag in the ground. Let's go around the table and talk about our perfect English breakfast. Uh, okay, mine is somewhat renegade because there's a lot of things in an English breakfast or British Isles breakfast that I don't like. I'm not a fan of egg. don't really like mushroom. Mm. Uh, I could lose bacon as well. So Ooh, an ideal what? one for me is, uh, is beans, two sausages, a couple of hash browns, uh, brown sauce possibly a bit of well buttered toast and uh because i'm normally hung over that's what justifies a fry up uh, a can of full fat cola <laughs> <laughs> absolute lunatic so you're not you're not going for a hot drink option then uh no the breakfast is the hot thing so interesting <laughs> <laughs> interestingly two of us so far neither of us have had egg on there there you go yeah okay uh Tom i Dark. would i would favor scrambled egg i'd go okay. for that and i'd want that on a piece of uh nicely buttered toast brown bread's fine uh, I would want, I think, two sausages, two bits of bacon, must be crispy. Very important. Very important, I um, agree. Beans is good. Uh, also, one of my favourite elements would be some grilled tomato as well. Ah. And I'd have that with a... Wash that down with a coffee. Lovely coffee. Yeah. I find the tomato often waters down everything a little bit because it is quite... You've got cut a, into it and it Bit just of goes, a juice box. Well, yeah. no, you've got to... You've got to what you've got to do, slice that tomato in the middle, grill it open, so right. then when you've got it on the plate, a lot of the uh, wateriness is dispensed. Good Nick. tips here. Process. Good tips here. Nick, what's your breakfast chat? Uh, I would have eggs, but I'd have them poached. Oh. Uh, I knew you were going to say that. That's <laughs> just how I prefer them. Yeah, no, I know. That's, uh, I know that. Two sausage, bacon, back, <laughs> beans, hash brown. Oh, God, I forgot hash browns. Always hash Always browns. Always hash browns. Mushrooms, white bread, ketchup. Yeah. Oh, ketchup, yes. Uh, coffee. And maybe some more toast if I, if I want to <laughs> unlimited toast. You want, you want that to be I'm, your choice. I'd like unlimited toast. So that's two for brown sauce, two for red sauce. Mm. Sorry, it's not. We're not. Could, could we maybe go relevant. to producer Jed as the decider between red or brown? That would use his entire word count for the series. Well, he, he could. He could like one blink for red, two blinks for brown. Jed, is it, Jed, is it red or brown? Burger sauce every time. <laughs> this is why we don't let him speak. <laughs> burger oh sauce. God. You're a sick, sick man. Oh, oh, burger sauce. 
<laughs> eggs and burgers. Unbelievable. Oh. Oh. Um, as Alan says, uh, it features a uh, full English breakfast. Features a lot of cholesterol. Scottish people eat it. <laughs> <laughs> like classic alan there he's offending the scots he's offended the irish in previous episodes he he's no one's he's offended, he's offended, offended the, the welsh, welsh. <laughs> yeah but alan did join in mm-hmm. so he's a terrible human <laughs> being would you like to know some of the tv programs that gary wilmot has featured in before we move away from the wilmot section of the show absolutely free. okay a couple of highlights here which i quite enjoyed um Chaz and dave's knees up Mike Reed's Mates and Music, The Bob Monkhouse Show, The Keith Harris Show, and The Tony Fruno Phenomenon, which means he has actually worked directly with Coogan. Uh, is Ga- who is Gary? Is he a footballer? No! <laughs> he's he a, a sort of he's sort of 90s light entertainer. I was thinking of John Barnes. Yeah, I think he did. <laughs> outrageous. He did some musicals and he uh, presented some sort of light entertainment I've, stuff. I've got the Wikipedia intro. He's an English singer, actor and comedian who rose to fame as a contestant on New Faces. Okay. <laughs> he's struggling. He doesn't yeah. actually know. He just made that <laughs> up. So uh, there's a conversation now between Sonia and Alan about uh, Bono. She's in the, uh, the fan club. I wondered if any of us have ever been members of a fan club. Oh, I absolutely have. Nope. Go on. I joined, and there was a paid uh, subscription that goes with this. <laughs> oh, can I guess? Was it the Spice Girls fan club? Uh, no, I don't have think to I think, though. No. You did have to think about that. No, I don't and think I joined a fan club. I just paid to see just the Spice at Wembley and bought Spice World <laughs> from Blockbuster Video in the collector's edition tin. <laughs> 20 pounds? Sure. <laughs> Not a problem. 20 pounds? You could buy American Pie on DVD for that. <laughs> and, and I did. <laughs> So uh, who was it? Was what, it? Yeah, what, <laughs> I give up. What was this? I was club? in the placebo fan club. Oh, oh good. Placebo. Yeah. What uh, did I get? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> newsletter. Yeah, just a newsletter. <laughs> isn't it? Not even like it, a lock of Brian Molko's hair. <laughs> you must have got a badge of some sort or a, or a card. I, I think after a year it was um, put into liquidation voluntarily. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Alan claims that he's. And I quote, very good friends with Bono. And I thought, when did this lie start? Do you think the Bono lie is what got him Sonia in the first place? Oh, that's good. I like that. Or he was, yeah, potentially. Maybe he was trying to impress her in the early yeah. days. Yeah. He yeah. kind of almost stumbled into the lie and then felt he couldn't get out of yeah, it. Yeah, it feels like... escalated. By the way, we've, he's we've joined him. the myth of his actual celebrity connections, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. We've, yeah. we've joined him at the point of no return with the Bono lie, yeah. I think. So is Alan the celebrity in this series? Is he defined as, as a celebrity? He's bounced back. But is I don't, he? He's never no. been a celebrity. Um, would, would he get minor. on Strictly? Oh, no. No, I don't think he's he a celebrity big brother. <laughs> yes. I yes. feel like he could get in there. I mean, <laughs> I'm a celebrity getting out of here as well, definitely. So you I think you can dance? <laughs> I met a dog outside this morning that could get a celebrity big brother. <laughs> We've got to think. So he, chronologically, he was hosting a primetime chat show on BBC Two before he shot a man live on air. So... From that alone, the theory is he was a bit of a known name, but obviously he's trying to bounce back and it hasn't quite worked. So, yeah, he probably is at a celebrity Big Brother level. I would generously describe him as a famous face, as in people would recognise him, but probably not. He would be a pointless answer, wouldn't he? On the quiz show, Pointless. I'm not overly familiar with it. Uh, Okay. I'll take your word for it. (laughs) Um, he's then uh, putting away the breakfast table while saying to Sonia, I'm going to hump you. Yeah. Oh, I love I love that bit when he's reviewing the breakfast. Uh, I, <laughs> on the whole, a very good effort. Seven on ten. Let's make love. Yeah. <laughs> Straight into like, it there. Is, is this the one where he's like, I want to make love to you right here, right now. And then there's about ten minutes of clearing yeah, away yeah, the breakfast. Packing stuff. away the table. <laughs> it's quite similar to that scene in Phoenix Nights where Brian is going up the stairs on a stair lift <laughs> uh, to the bedroom. Yeah. Things, Things I'll do to you. <laughs> 
And there, there is a link to that later in the episode. One of the tax inspectors is the love oh, interest yeah. in that uh, episode. She, oh, she yes. is. Yep, we can talk more about that. Imagine bonking after a full English. <laughs> Gassy. <laughs> you just want to sit on the bonkette and watch <laughs> UK gold. <laughs> Have a lie down. And also there's one bit which is obviously classic Alan, which is brilliant, where he says, I could eat that every day, but I'd be dead. <laughs> we also that. hear a lot more about his dislike of London, which he spells S-H-I-T-H-O-L-E shithole. Let's start with some petting. <laughs> um, shortly after that, oh, Lynn obviously arrives, ruining ruining the love making uh, before it's even begun. Uh, and <laughs> she's instantly put on the spot. Yeah, asks asks to name Sonia's best qualities. Her guesses are astoundingly odd. Hair, neck. Is anyone's neck their best feature? <laughs> if it is, it's tough times. Yeah. And then, and then, then eyes, which is a bit more of a sensible guess. Yeah. But then eyelashes. Yeah, that's yeah. But I think that that's Lynn either not really knowing. Kind of, it goes back to the drawing of the chalk penis, you know, broadly unfamiliar with the human anatomy from a male's perspective, (laughs) or she just doesn't want to accept that Sonia might have some nice features like her flammable hair, or (laughs) her way with snappy snaps, (laughs) or her dainty feet. Yep. Alan doesn't like big feet, reminds him of gammon. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's a fair point. Uh, I think he's then mulling over some house names. Uh, with, at the end of the episode, I am going to do a little quiz between uh, Nick and Tom Dark. Uh, we've got some house names that Alan suggests in the book, and I've thrown in some of my own. So we're going to play house names Alan or Adam later on. Ooh, very exciting. Good. Tom uh, Stab is exempt because he's reread the book quite recently. Yes, for the research. So I obviously have a list of all 23 names that he goes through in the book. <laughs> Can we just recap the names he goes through in this scene quickly? Uh, no, because some of them are in the quiz. <laughs> <laughs> but we can talk about Sonia's... I mean, the thing is, I've got the script in front of me as well, oh, so... Yeah. We can talk about Sonia's suggestion, which is our house. Yeah. Which is yeah. instantly rejected. Yeah, yeah we could call it that. Through. <laughs> uh, oh, actually, that's brilliant, because... Yeah, Lynn, do you want to make a note of that? And then he grabs her hand and strikes <laughs> it out. Uh, we find out that Inland Revenue are on their way around to inspect Alan's tax records. Uh, he's... he's He's a bit nervous, isn't he? He's very nervous. He's, he's not yeah. happy. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it implicates Bill Oddy briefly as well. Uh, finally, there's a Bill Oddy reference in this series. Like, is that the first and only Bill Oddy in this series? It is, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's references in the book, but... Poor Bill. It, but, yeah, they couldn't afford his royalties in the uh, <laughs> after the first series. There was. I did find an interview with Bill Oddy where he's quizzed about uh, his his uh, him being named. Oh, um, yes. He's also named in the in the book, uh, yeah, in the book by saying... Uh, that Oddie taught Alan how to remain still for long periods of time and go completely undetected in undergrowth and shrubbery, <laughs> a skill Alan employs to spy on his wife, Carol, whom he rightly suspects of cheating on him with a narcissistic sports pimp. <laughs> so uh, Bill Oddie was contacted. I think this is a, a piece in The Independent. Uh, his response is swift. Anything I can do to discredit the idea that I've even heard of Mr. Partridge, let alone befriended him, is most welcome. Well, that's quite funny, treating him like a real person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then he says, do you know, a good number of people have asked the very same thing about uh, what it's like to be cast as the irritant's irritant, but why should I be upset about it? Some have suggested he's setting me up, but I don't think he is actually. And even if he were, well, it's a compliment. Partridge is a good act. Um, he actually wrote twice, apparently, to Steve Coogan to try and understand why he had been... Selected. implicated in this way uh, and uh, he says Coogan didn't reply um, and then uh, he describes um, Alan Partridge his Bill Audie's description of Alan Partridge he's the ultimate sad fucker isn't he <laughs> so basically Bill Audie's gone oh it's quite nice it's a bit of a compliment Steve could you give me a bit more context he's yeah like, fuck off <laughs> radio silence can, can I share with you Bill Audie's most recent tweet which at the time of recording is five days ago yes, he please. says this you envy Cameron's cronies awards don't bother I'm an OBE and it gets me nothing and nowhere. Just catalogues <laughs> for type-ins and cufflinks. 
Billardy is an angry man. That's a brilliant tweet. That yeah. is, it, that is his you, official Bill. Twitter account. Well, Britain's so. greatest wit. Uh, so, the tax inspectors are coming. Um, and like his foot, he's put his receipts on a spike. spike. Yep. Uh, Lynn is, is a lot more assertive in this scene. She's taking care of business. She's like, you told me Sonia wouldn't be here. Yeah, that's true, actually. She, she's business mouse. Yeah. It's like they're a team again. Yeah, yeah. But I did, th- I did think that um, because when they're, they're kind of in cahoots to about figuring out how to get rid of Sonia. So again, it's you see they actually have a well in the, in this instance, it's actually a bit of a working relationship. I like it when that happens. Yeah. yeah, there is a deleted scene where he describes the two of them as a team, but then he goes back on it straight. Away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Sonia has a bit of a, a solution to deal with the tax man. Anyone know what that is? <laughs> Go on. She's drawn an alien judge. Uh, <laughs> Oh, golly. <laughs> An alien judge who's shooting the tax man. And the very underrated Alan moment is his yeah, facial yeah. reaction as he <laughs> walks slowly towards Lynn. <laughs> I mean, you just watch that and think, he hates Sonia. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so Sonia's basically yeah. going to the coffee shop, so that sorts that. Uh, and Alan just volunteers uh, that Lynn will drive her to the coffee shop, despite Lynn not actually offering to do that. She's just told what she's going to do, and Lynn's like, yeah, yeah. And then uh, he accidentally calls, uh, he says, chill out, babe, love, Lynn. <laughs> I presume we've all done that at some point. I've called a manner of people, babe, by accident, rather Not than babe. Not babe. Not babe. <laughs> 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 babe. Everyone. <laughs> well, Pamela <I> think, Anderson, <laughs> Barbara Windsor. <laughs> I always worry that in the office I'll call someone mum or dad. It's a constant worry. It's a constant worry. Better than babe. <laughs> Uh, Depends who it is, I guess. Alan's forgotten John the Builder's name again, <laughs> and, yes! and to add insult to injury, his hometown, both of which he's been told Tell before. Tell me your name! <laughs> that is brilliant, because in it, the last episode, the ep- previous episode to this, he's trying to make John his new best friend, and then he's forgotten his name. And where he comes from, yeah. and the associated accent. Just doesn't have a clue. <laughs> no. Cotton and guns. Oh. Uh, he's then using Sonia's gifts to wipe plates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... And the Inland Revenue arrive. Uh, Monica from the... Uh, uh, who... Whoa, Adam, before the Inland Revenue arrive, we need to talk about Alan having a bit of a fake uh, bass guitar moment to oh, music for comedians. Course. I think that's possibly the most iconic moment from this series, do you think? Probably, it's, up, it's very visual. Certainly so, in, ter- in terms of a kind of physical yeah. scene. It's definitely. definitely up there. Yeah. I mean, watching back the episodes for this recently, I've just had that song in my head for about <laughs> five days just on loop. That is one thing that DVDs will give you that streaming on Netflix can't. Those DVD Other streaming movies. services are available. Absolutely. But that's where, <laughs> that's where Alan, <laughs> is, <laughs> Alan is very much available. Um, but yeah, it's very good. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we discussed this briefly in uh, episode one of this series. The DVD menu for this is possibly one of the best DVD menus of all time. It's so good. The tax people are here. It's Monica and Catherine. Uh, I did a bit of IMDb research and found some interesting facts. The one, uh, the one who plays Monica only did one more acting job after this in 2004's The Royal. But before that, she had done a hell of a lot of British institutions. The Bill, yes. Doctors, Inspector Morse, Heartbeat, Casualty, Corrie. And she was in an episode of Coogan's Run in 2003. So she's got oh. previous. or Sorry, 2005. So it followed this. Uh, Catherine is still acting. Uh, she was in Life's Too Short. Um, yeah, she was uh, Warwick Davis's wife in Life's Too Short. Right. And right. she was also in a TV movie called Being Danny's Dyer. And she was in Phoenix Nights. Uh, yep, and, as uh, Brian Posser's love interest. And for an very episode. importantly, uh, under trivia in IMDb, it just says, can't swim. <laughs> <laughs> it's very important to have things like that on your IMDb page. Uh, also, she was in Time Trumpet, which is another Armando uh, Unici show. Yes. This bit with the Inland Revenue, 
he could have got away with it so easily, couldn't yeah. he? He really ties himself up in knots. Do we it, think... Sorry, go it, No, I was just going to say, it's, it's, it is funny, but it's a bit odd. Because... Yeah, I that's, don't, yeah. It that's doesn't... what I was going to say. I feel, for me, this is another one of those scenes where it becomes a bit too slapstick and a bit too over the top. You know, you literally, he's got his ankles round his ears. Yeah. Um, passing gust of wind. It's like, what? <laughs> I mean, it's funny, but it's, it is a bit ridiculous compared to season one being slightly more grounded in reality, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, and he, it seems like his entire inland revenue experience up to this point is just from hearsay and films and TV. He's got a very warped idea yeah. of what they're actually there to do. Um, and at one point, he loses an argument with a toy bear voiced by himself. Uh, there is a bit, <laughs> a, there is a bit of a theme through I'm Alan Partridge of him starting an argument with himself but losing it anyway. Uh, Chris Rea is a yeah. prime example. Have any of you let off on someone by mistake? On someone? Can you expand on that? Oh, Alan lets off a potent gust, doesn't he? By mistake. It's not on someone. Yeah. It's just it's in, next their gen- to them. in their general area. It's sort of in their faces. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'd be lying if we said we'd never done it in someone's <laughs> presence. On someone, I feel like that's next level. That I, I personally can't say that I've done. That's amounts of vandalism. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, the thing I was thinking is, and this is probably obvious, but he talks about seeing Shrek and buying some shoes from Dulces in Dundee. Yeah. Is that when he's going on his mad uh, chocolate binge? I think that's the implication, yeah. 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 Although I that is an so. inconsistency with what is... In the, so, book. in the book, yeah. In the book, uh, <laughs> Alan gets Lynn to come up to Dundee via National Express <laughs> with his best shoes in a carrier bag. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, but maybe, maybe he's just lying to the tax inspectors, um, but yeah. I think them throwing in Dundee is a reference. It would that. explain as well what he probably did when he went to Dundee is obviously didn't keep, uh, is, is filed a lot of those receipts uh, as business purposes when in yeah. fact he was having a, a sort of breakdown. A breakdown. Yeah. 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 Uh, he also had a company called Tomahawk Leisure, which uh, failed. Of uh, course. I guess that was followed swiftly by Apache Communications. Yep. There's a theme developing. I did, I did spot a, there is a visible mini Apache helicopter behind him in the static home in this scene as well. When he's talking about that. I quite like the thing that he sets up the company, then realises it's inoperable and <laughs> shuts it down immediately. <laughs> uh, and, and accidentally boasts about the builders, at least they're cash in hand. Yeah. <laughs> Which it seems, it seems like from, from the tax inspector's reaction, he, he would have got away with that too. Well, yeah, like, they, they would have let him off with they that. They don't really... They sort just of kind of roll their eyes at yeah, him a bit, don't they? They don't yeah. challenge him on anything, despite the fact he kind of jokingly says that he's going to drug them and <laughs> drop them in the North Sea. <laughs> Peter Bainham at the commentary at this point says, do you think Alan wishes he could shut up? I think he probably yes. does. He can't, he well, can't get out of his I, own I way. I guess that's the point in the scene, isn't it? He's so nervous, he's just shit-chatting the whole way through. Yep. yep. I always find it weird that he um, then, kind of, after this awkward exchange, decides to walk out and talk to John, and they just sit there and don't go yeah, off. Yeah, that's a weird yeah. scene, isn't it? It's I don't so really get odd. that. He forgets John's name again as yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. And my, I think my favourite bit of that scene is where he offers John the rest of the day off for having cancer. <laughs> yeah. Which John doesn't have. Doesn't have yeah. Gives him the coppers in his pocket yeah. as well as a five. As a t- he did admit he panicked at that point, <laughs> though, to be fair. Uh, he also Do lets, declare it. He lets John know that him and Sonia have been bonking like mad, which made me wonder, <laughs> do you think Sonia is his first since Jill? In series uh, one, uh, in, he, in, he was repellent to women for two years, so that's two years out of the we, game. We've got a five-year gap between series one and series two, so there's there's yeah. three years of potential lovemaking there. I don't know if there's any intel on that, but <laughs> I don't know. Tom's gone to his laptop here, but I don't quite know what he's going to search. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in the book, Alan says that uh, Sonia, uh, fourteen years his junior, uh, she's then thirty-three, uh, awakes his libido, uh, which has been a slumber except for, and he quotes, a distasteful dalliance with a menopausal member of staff years earlier, referring to Jill. So the implication oh, there yeah. is that him and Jill completed their thing. 
and that Sony yeah. is first since. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah, brilliant. Well, good, my hunch was right. And what a great service we're providing here. We're cross-referencing the texts to give you the full picture. It's almost as though we're doing our research, isn't it? It's no, about time. But yeah. <laughs> At this point, Sonia's back. Disaster. She's told Tommen to put his coffee shop up inside his ass. Uh, <laughs> and she's also outraged that the tax inspector wears no makeup. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a point where uh, Sonia is uh, repeating back to Alan something that he said about prison being very cushy, like holiday camps. Uh, we were tipped off by Ollie B on Twitter. Thanks, Ollie. Uh, that if you look very closely, Coogan is mouthing uh, a small part of Sonia's line. What do we think this is then? Well, I mean, you mentioned this and I've just had a quick look back. I just think Coogan is going through the scene in his head, like the mm. words, and he's subconsciously just kind of... Is that because Peter Bainham's in a fridge or something? <laughs> Desperately writing the <laughs> yeah. script pages? Probably. It wouldn't, su- it, yes. it wouldn't surprise me. They're probably writing this very last minute yeah. and he's just kind of wanting to keep on top of it, make sure that it's right. And he just subconsciously kind yeah. of mumbles the words along. I, I think based on what we've learned about how this series all came together so far... That is probably a case of Coogan was still trying to learn the scene mm. right up to the minute where they had to start rolling cameras. And say what you like about Sonia, but I do agree with her when she says, tax is rubbish. rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, you, you're Sonia. not the Chancellor of the Exchequer. <laughs> <laughs> Seems a bit naive that they think no one can hear them, even though they're just behind a thin bit of curtain. Again, it? this is another bit of a yeah. hyper-real, surreal yeah, but nonsense, it, really. But it is funny, the fact that he just... Yeah. See all that, yeah. Because <laughs> obviously, you, you, yeah, if yeah. you you would know, you could see them at the corner of your eye yeah. there, right yeah. there, and you're talking loudly. Yeah. Uh, in the commentary, Alan's look at this point is described as airport departure lounge. <laughs> He's what? Sorry, airport departure lounge. What is Alan's look? Oh right. Oh what? It's Smart his, casual. As uh, in his, right. His, airport yeah. departure lounge. Nice, mm. nice. Mm. Although I wouldn't wear it. <laughs> <laughs> you probably would. Uh, Lynn returns the fat envelope. Not Lynn. Receipts, and then he just exits scene, doesn't he? That's kind of it, isn't it? That's that's the end of it. It's left with Lynn to sort (laughs) out. Goes through that. Well, he goes through the house, though. Don't forget, and uh, John the Builder asks him where he wants sockets. See there, see there. One in the middle of the floor for the computer. (laughs) Which is funny because he's been deliberating like mad about all the decisions up to that point. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and just signs off with Lynn Balancer, all of your questions. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to go to Choristers. I was a bit curious about that because he says, you know, he leaves Lynn to sort it out, but later on, Sonia's the one that says she kicked the tax inspectors out. But so. I think Lynn is probably stumbling over her words, didn't know what to say, and Sonia's like, get out. Well, yeah, Sonia but but Lynn's get, don't forget, Sonia, Sonia's stormed out after the argument, being yeah. uh, shut up Sonia. So at some point, she's returned to the static home, the tax inspectors are still there, and she's it, just gone mental. It's a bit of a mess, isn't it? This, it's, We're not really clear on exactly what happens because so much of it we don't see and he also assumes that she's left him uh, yeah I, I noted that as well yeah. we, we don't see like what actually happens or what the incident is really in any kind of detail there's a bit of an argument but well, no but that's it that's the whole point isn't it well, he they jumps... have an argument and she leaves. Is he keen for her to leave? Is no, but he, he goes into choristers and said my girlfriend's just left me he jumps to that conclusion yeah, they've just yeah. had an argument she hasn't left him she hasn't said this is over but again, that's the joke. That's the point. I think that's the joke. Works. Mm, I'm not sure about that one. Weird. But but he literally he leaves the house saying I'm going to Choristers. So then he's immediately at Choristers saying so. Yeah, he's assumed that they've had an argument. She's stormed out. It's over. Yeah. Mm. It's just, it's just it's just an increased sense of drama to make it all work within the 28 minutes of the show. Again, <laughs> mm. <laughs> not, not sure. Mm. What, what what else is it? So he's in Choristers, strutting around awkwardly, mumbling to himself, desperately looking for a Daily Mail and a pint to go and sit <laughs> on the uh, uh, outside to read it. Um, but yeah, it's a bit weird. Apparently, the other people in the scene also seem a bit awkward. 
awkward, <laughs> unsure of what's going on. Very strange. It, it is quite a funny monologue, though. Things like, uh, going to have a sandwich and watch Trevor McDonald. Thank you very much. Probably won't even brush my teeth. Sleep in my trousers. <laughs> He's experiencing that freedom. We've all been there. Yeah. I'm sorry to hark back, but I've just remembered something about the Inland Revenue part that, uh, that needs to Go be on. mentioned. Uh, on the commentary, uh, it turns out that Inland Revenue actually got in touch asking if they could use that footage for a training video. What? No! Surely not. They're just saying, this is how not yeah. to do it. And, and also, at one point, they, uh, the Inland Revenue actually did investigate Steve Coogan for a whole year. <laughs> there's a very long rant. There's a very long rant on the um, on the commentary about the fact that Steve Coogan does pay full tax, and he's, he's, <laughs> he's something of a you know he's he's a stickler for for people paying what they should. So uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Did the Steve. Inland Revenue get confused and think that this was Steve Coogan and not a character? Yeah. <laughs> it was something quite, to investigate here. Possibly. <laughs> uh, and so the, now we're at the BP garage. Well, but before then, we've got the classic line to end this bit of choruses. I think I'll go and read Sam and Heifer on the veranda. Ain't no one gonna stop me. And then a weird gurgling noise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit uh, like that's in my notes. It's a very strange noise. Apparently, Paul, Paul Dacre, the editor of the Daily Mail, was uh, was very displeased that Alan. It was one of Alan's favourite newspapers. That's his audience. But I though. think you read yeah. so, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Your scum. It is of yeah. no surprise that Alan reads the Daily Mail. Isn't no. it? That's bang on. Choristers was actually meant to be a much bigger part of this series as well, but they sort of reduced the number of scenes there. I'm not quite sure why. Mm. I don't think Choristers is. You know the best scenes in in this by anyway. Well, I think the the bits with um, Pete from Dante's Fires are good, and when yeah. he pisses his foot on a spy. But I think you're dangerously close to over egging yeah. the yeah. stuff that can it's, go on. It's it. sort of there just to move the plot on, usually. Isn't yeah. It? Apart from in this scene, um, there's another question in the commentary. They're asking: Do do, do Daily Mail readers watch Alan Partridge? Do they think? Probably their, think it's a documentary. Well, yeah. their theory. They were saying, you know, do, do people who read the Daily Mail stop reading it because they watch Alan Partridge and see him reading it, or do they think, oh, the writers have let themselves down? I think Alan Daily Mail readers such are a quality newspaper. I think Daily Mail readers are probably either blinded by the Daily Mail and think that it's brilliant, or are aware of the fact that people don't think it's brilliant and they don't care. Let's stop talking about the Daily Mail. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one though because it's kind of it's you, you haven't really got the Al Murray excuse where there are some people who get the irony in the comedy and some people that appreciate it at face value it's clearly with alan it's you know it's not you know <laughs> you're not meant to think yeah this this guy is cool no but, no <laughs> that, that is actually that's something that um amanda Unici said um that they they use a sitcom as to quote him as a kind of social x-ray of male middle-aged middle england mm-hmm. so it, it, it that's exactly what they're trying to social focus X-ray. on yeah mm. that's good that's exactly what they're trying to focus on the fact that the type of person that is a daily mail reader probably I think Alan probably would have gone for Brexit as well. Oh god, you know. yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> because and and there are so many instances across this series and the previous one of him being a bit kind of small-minded whether he's a bit homo- homophobic, whether he's being slightly racist to other nations. Yeah. And he definitely stopped watching Top Gear as soon as Clarkson was off it. Oh god, yeah. So Alan is uh, back at the BP garage with Michael lamenting the fact that Sonia has uh, left him, chatting about He's kind of critiquing Sonia as a partner, which, you know, generally speaking, is all pretty positive. Uh, he focuses uh, straight on the breakfast, which is one of the key things to Well, he's, he's slagging off London before then as well. Oh, yeah. If I, I, um, I smell the blood of an ungrateful bunch of bastards. <laughs> he really does hate London. He yeah. really does. But I think if London liked him, he would be all for yeah. London. Oh, of course, I think oh, yes. He, 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 I'm sure his opinion of London has changed off the back of that meeting in Series 1, with, or off the back of Chris Feather, Tony Hare's Series 1, him being rejected by yeah. the BBC. He he can't get his way back into what he sees as the, the circle of London media, so therefore it's awful and he hates it. Yeah. And again, in the book, he's very critical of the BBC <laughs> after <laughs> what happens, because they basically, after the contract is signed for his, uh, for his new series at the end of series one, 
uh, he basically just kind of says that he could have pursued legal action, but he just hates the BBC, that he doesn't want to deal with them anymore and just kind of walks away from it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he does focus on the breakfast, saying she does a fantastic English breakfast, but then thinks about it and downgrades it to just good. <laughs> uh, Michael- <laughs> in fact, in fact, you can tell him and Michael have discussed yeah. her breakfast before because Michael says to him, "Is she still making it too bunched up with the egg?" <laughs> <laughs> and they've obviously discussed London before as well because I think there's a bit where Michael clearly, clearly talks about his Alan's dislike of Londoners. Yeah. yeah. And, well, Michael's solution to this problem is just get another girlfriend. And Alan is aware that this is <laughs> not as easy as uh, Michael might think. Well, he responds with, no chance. British. <laughs> he's written off British women. He, yeah. knows, he knows he's essentially a laughing stock yeah. in the United Kingdom and he doesn't so stand a chance. There must but be... that made me think when we were just discussing about Alan would have gone for Brexit. Uh, Am I correct in saying Nigel Farage's wife or girlfriend is actually of Eastern European origin? She's so German, isn't she? It's cl- classic Alan probably being very against uh, European things, foreign things, but yet foreign girlfriend is a okay. Yep. <laughs> He's a walking criticism. He's a walking. What was the word I'm looking for? Contradiction. <laughs> He's a walking. Col- <laughs> He's a walking contradiction. contradiction. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, Lynn, Lynn's back, and she has savagely overreacted by calling the police <laughs> because of Sonia's disappearance, I guess. I also like uh, Michael's reaction. She'll turn up one way or another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always bringing a slight uh, element of darkness yeah, to proceedings, yeah, Michael. Uh, but Sonia returns almost immediately. Turns out they've never split after all. Uh, she's got him a beefy to bear, which will be revealed later on. Yeah. And obviously Sonia has bought Alan a present. Uh, she asks if Alan has done the same for her. He says, yes, I have, and goes to get it. And it's, it's a VHS cassette of stand-up from uh, the Cornish comedian mm-hmm. Jethro, uh, yep. signed by Bono. And that starts to unravel uh, Alan's hideous lie about knowing Bono, which Michael picks up on immediately. Yeah, Michael can see what's going Bollocks, on. you yeah, don't know Bono. <laughs> Oh, I love that bit as well because then uh, and then he turns Alan turns around at the end of the scene. And he's like, "Thank you too for dropping me right in it." <laughs> so obviously he's he he's clearly only used that Bono lie to impress Sonia. He isn't telling other people no, that he knows, but Bono. it's unravelled very quickly, and he has to go to Bono's house. Uh, and uh, yeah, so they're driving to Bono's house, and he's probably thinking in the car. Where can I go? Well, I, I, I think the implication is he's been driving around in circles aimlessly for a bit as well. Yeah, yeah. so he says you don't remember where is Bono's house. So he just ends up going to the National Trust. Is it Blickling Hall? Blicking Hall. Uh, Blicking yeah. Hall. Blicking well, Hall. Bono's house was actually two locations. So the exterior was Bickling Hall, which is in Norfolk. The interior shots were Osterley Park Hall, which is uh, in Isleworth. So just kind of uh, London. When they were filming the scenes uh, inside, uh, the actress that played Sonia had to stand on a carpet tile because of the rules about against wearing stilettos on the floor. <laughs> uh, and they weren't allowed hairspray either, so they had to do all of her hair maintenance outside, I think. Wow. So uh, a couple of things about uh, Blickling Hall. Uh, Nick mentioned it's a it's a national trust property. It's about twenty nine minutes from Norfolk on the uh, from Norwich on the A one four zero, and at one time was owned by Thomas Bolin, obviously Anne Boleyn's father. And, Boleyn. <laughs> and you know maybe suggest why Alan points to a picture of Henry VIII, Henry the Eighth and calls him a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think Alan at this point mentions that Bono owns dogs like fat horses. Uh, so I, I did some research into this. Uh, oh, and, the, and that he's very, very right wing. Yeah, that's, uh, that's on the way, on the way to the house. Yeah. Apparently that. it's a fact that Bono did have two dogs and allegedly they were German shepherds called Fanny and Angel. What? Yeah. There's huge debate on a U2 forum uh, from around 2002. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Um does anyone like you two while Adam's looking that up? No, We've we asked this. this in series one. Yeah, None yeah of us. No, but people that are new to the show might not know. Well, let me recap. Tom Stab would watch a 40-minute greatest yeah. hit set and yeah. the rest of us were not bothered. 
I think there's a greatest I mean, hit I, I set. Would, I would watch a 40 minute greatest hits, I do but have equally some I wouldn't go out of my way for that. I mean, that they're pretty much a terrible band, but they have some great exactly. songs. Yeah. Also, this massive debate on the U2 forum about whether or not he's got uh, he's got two dogs ended with someone posting, you could be right, but it really doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> that pretty much sums up the internet, really, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, definitely this podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, Alan's idea of rock and roll extravagance is uh, Bono eating the biggest bowl of Alpen you've ever seen. <laughs> I love Alpen. Just like put that out there. Sure. You Anyone are very from... similar to Bono, actually, Nick. Um, not sure about that. I haven't got a four-poster bed. You're an idiot. Uh, you don't do charity work. <laughs> is, Bono, is Bono an idiot? Yeah, Bono's an idiot. Fair enough. <laughs> Sorry, Bono. <laughs> don't come and get us. Uh, Lynn's Bono uh, arrives on the scene at this point, doesn't he? Wearing a U2 t-shirt and a cardigan. And some cataract glasses. <laughs> I, I wondered about this. So, so Lynn turning up with Bono is uh, seems to be a bit of a surprise to Alan. But I think in the script it's... He texted her because he's like, oh, you got my text. But maybe he didn't expect her to actually turn up or to turn up expect. with a Bono. No, he's asked her to do it. Yeah, but he, he, look, he looks genuinely surprised. But is that just maybe the appearance of the I, fake I Bono? Think so, yeah. I think he asked her to try, but he didn't think she would succeed. Well, I, think, uh, I love that he refers to gigs as pop concerts as well. <laughs> Who was playing? We were. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then Lynn and Andrew basically ambush Alan for 30 quid donation to the Yeah, church. that's brilliant, that bit. <laughs> uh, can I put a U2 question to the group? Um, so they go through the members of U2, um, the edge is fine, etc. And they say, the drummer. Can you name U2's drummer? Is it Paul Mullen? Yeah, I think it, that's it. That's okay, that, Adam, that's your guess. Stab? I think that's the answer, isn't it? I, I'd, 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 I'd like a guess from everyone. I do have a so. note in my. I do have a thing in my notes that said, "Did anyone else have to look up the name of the YouTube drummer?" So uh, 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 Steve Mullen, Andy Mullen. I don't care. Nick Graham Mullen. <laughs> the answer is Larry Mullen Jr. <laughs> there we go. I think, so I think we proved the point. Literally, the drummer is fine. Paul, no one knows. Is Paul Mullen, the singer from Your Code Name Is Milo. I think that's where I'm <laughs> confused. Are they very, related? Very yeah. similar bands. Well, I doubt it. <laughs> okay, at this point, they come back to the static home, and Sonia is randomly holding a couple of pizzas in her hand which oh, I didn't notice that. yeah it doesn't really matter but it's there's no reference to it it <laughs> serves no purpose kind of why is it there well earlier at Bono's house as well Alan asked Sonia if she wants to go for a curry so maybe she's renegotiated the takeaway option oh, yeah. mm. or maybe are they just trying to set so you know it's dinner time is that it mm. I mean it, it just seems irrelevant yeah. but either way she's holding a pizza uh, he's gone with Yee House rather than Excalibur Cottage <laughs> um, I looked up there is actually a B&B in Yorkshire called Yee Sleeping House that's the closest oh, I could find yeah uh, yep uh, and Sonia presents him with the beef eater bear, which is, of course, massive. Yeah. Now, I tried looking uh, on, on the interweb whether you can buy a kind of life-size beef eater bear, and I couldn't find any results that match. So the biggest one I Sonia's could find... Sonia's bought them all. Yeah. The biggest one I could find was only 36 centimetres high. And also, as an interesting point, that retails for £45. Whoa. So Sonia has spent a lot of money on a size She's dropping a wedge here, isn't yep. she? Also, Alan's really worried that someone might think that when they see Sonia, they'll assume that he's in the um, bear outfit. But <laughs> ha- who's going to recognise Sonia, apart from the handful of people that she knows in and around the area? It just seems a bit random. I think yeah. he just considers himself to be a local celebrity, doesn't he? So yeah, people he does. Know he, who he he's is. worried about the damage to his reputation, but it's never going to happen, is no, it? No, no one cares, Alan. And I wonder, with with the life-size uh, beefy to bear, where did she get it from? Surely they're not available to buy in Norwich. Well, if you've hit a dead end, Tom, how has yeah. Sonia sourced well, this? Well, exactly. And that was probably before, well, not before the internet. But, um, we'll never before know. Before m- internet mail order was a big thing, potentially. Because the implication is she has gone somewhere and bought that. Has she nipped down to London yeah. and got She also doesn't drive, does she? So she no, she's gone on the post. Should we pop to Hamleys now and see if we can find one? 
Yeah, off we go. Let's do it. See you later. See you next week. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, is there anything else in this episode from anybody? Yeah. Uh, well, I just love oh. the end. The end credits bit when uh, they go to London because what I oh, think is yeah. brilliant about this. Alan hasn't gone with them. No, no. He's just sent Lynn to look L- after Lynn Sonia. Is essentially a babysitter for Sonia for the day. <laughs> uh, and whilst uh, you're cussing between them in London and Alan back at the static home, you can see the Beefeater Bear is essentially dead underneath the static <laughs> yeah. home as well. I've seen a lot of people on those sightseeing buses in London. I don't think I've ever seen anyone having as much fun as Sonia. They, they are so. having a lovely time, <laughs> yeah. aren't they? And it's just typical of Alan's fortunes, um, or you could argue great writing from the team, uh, that he hates London so much, but ends up with a girlfriend that loves it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the only other thing from me is that uh, this episode is rated 8.3 out of 10 on IMDb, which is the joint lowest in this series. Oh. Yeah, Although the ratings are all quite high, aren't they? So yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's still the joint lowest. I wouldn't put it as joint lowest. I think it's a good episode. Yeah, 8.3. Score. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so, in a second, we're going to uh, play the house name quiz. I've got some fake suggestions for Alan's house, along with his real suggestions, and we'll see if Nick and Tom can tell the difference. And also, Cards Against Alanity coming up soon. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay, it's time to play the Alan Partridge house name quiz. I've got a list of suggested names that Alan came up with for his house uh, from the book, and I've added a few of my own. So I need Tom Dark and Nick Older to ping the bell. We are uh, ready. And then you have to tell me whether it's Alan's or Adam's. Uh, Okay, here we go. Oh, by the way, if you get it right, you get a point. If you get it wrong, you lose a point. Here we go. Number one, Ace House. Alan. Correct. That's one for Nick. Number two, Bradshawram. Adam. Correct. <laughs> uh, number three, Ye Old Cottage Stead. Adam. Correct. One for Tom. Uh, number four, Follyfoot. Nick. Alan. Correct. Number five, Futures. <laughs> oh. oh, I think that was Nick. Adam. Yeah. Uh, no, that's Alan. Oh. You're off a point. Uh, number six, The Skirmishes. 
Tom. That's Alan. That is Alan. Yep. Number seven, Duke House. <laughs> Nick. Adam. That's right. That's me. <laughs> uh, number eight, Large Cottage. Nick. Oh, that was me. All oh, right, that was Tom. Sorry. That's Alan. Uh, that is Alan. Yes. Can, can we get a score update at this point? Yeah. Uh, yes, you can. There are three houses left to name. Uh, you are both on three points. This is very wow. Tense. This is okay. tense. Have you got no. Have you got a tiebreaker prepared? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number ten, Flambards. Nick. Alan. Yes, correct. Yes. Number eleven. I need, I need that. Little Homestead. Tom. Adam. That's correct. Yes. Okay, this is it for the win. Oh my god. Hang on, what, so what, what, what are we still neck and neck? You're neck and neck. Oh my it's god. four all. It's four all. There's only one house left. Uh, uh, I think, come on, hands. Yeah. Hands on the table. And the name of that house is Classic House. Nick? Alan! Correct. Yeah. Nick is the winner. Oh, must, at, least no, at least there's no mustard forfeit this week. <laughs> uh, shall we move straight on to Cards Against Alanity yes. then? Let's do a deep dive. Get your cards ready. So, Cards Against Alanity is our Cards Against Humanity uh, Alan Partridge quiz. We've taken phrases from this series and uh, everybody's got a few. Uh, I've got an incomplete sentence from this episode and we can complete it as best we can. Uh, Jed is going to ping his bell for the one he likes best and that will be today's winner. The scores over the series so far, Tom Dark's on two, Nick's on one, I'm on one and Tom Stab is on zero. Mm. Today's sentence... Take that blusher off, you ugly, misshapen, headed blank. Oh, none of mine. No, mine. Take that blusher off, you ugly, misshapen, headed. It I works. Shot at this one. It works if you ignore the first word, <laughs> <laughs> which, which, which you I can't. Don't know. That doesn't work like that. <laughs> yeah. Some editing. Just hoping. Jed's perusing this week's submissions. Tom stabs a chance to get a penultimate chance to get on the scoreboard. Come on. Uh, anybody could still win. Oh no, anybody could still draw. <laughs> Remember, stay tuned. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, if that's not enough reason to, to let's, come let's back to the next, next week. <laughs> okay, here we go. Take that blusher off, you ugly, misshapen headed John West tin woman. <laughs> Take that blusher off, you ugly, misshapen headed testy. Oh, yeah! Oh, that's taken that's it. it. It's in the bag. It's I thought you bag, said ignore mate. the first word with yours. Yeah, yeah you I, can't I took, do that. I, I, that's what he's done. I took off the word earth testy. Unbelievable. Liberties. Absolute liberties. Take that blusher off, you ugly, misshapen-headed, 15 bad bastards in boiler suits. <laughs> Finally, my one, which makes no sense. Take that blusher off, you ugly, misshapen-headed, Ferrari of the coal effect gas industry fireplace. <laughs> I quite like that one. So That's here we good. go. Tom Dark's got three. Tom Stab zero. Nick and me both on one. Final rounds of Cards Against Alanity next week. Unbelievable. That's pretty much it for this episode of Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Get in touch with us, Twitter at The Partridge Pod, Facebook.com slash The Partridge Pod, and The Partridge Pod at gmail.com. From all of us, thank you and goodbye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Monkey Tennis is a post pop podcast produced by Jed Shepherd. The artwork's by Dave McNamara, and the theme is an excerpt of the Black Beauty theme, Galloping Home, by Dennis King. To find out more about the records and podcasts made by Post Pop, head to postpoprecords.com. Hello everyone, Tom Dark, not Stab, from Monkey Tennis here. Just a quick note to say, first of all, thanks so much for buying tickets for our live event. It is now sold out, which has blown our minds. And I think that means we're definitely bigger than Chris Moyles. I mean, Chris, how many tickets have you sold for your live event? Oh, that's right, none. So yeah, thanks for that, guys. It's mental. It's ruddy, bloody mental. Uh, And also, just a quick note to say, if you have listened this far and you're enjoying it, and hopefully you are 
then please feel free to give us a rating and a review on iTunes. That would be splendid and tremendous. And I'm pretty sure the ratings have to be five stars or above. I just think that's how it works. Uh, I don't make the rules, so that's just how it is. But uh, yeah, thanks everyone. And if you're coming to the live event, we'll see you on the 24th of November. Bye. Monkey tennis. Done. Monkey tennis. Little fierce my foot of his thigh. Monkey tennis. Go to London. I guarantee you'll either be mugged or not appreciated. Monkey tennis. Done. Monkey tennis. Uh, on the whole, a very good effort. Seven on ten. It's hotter than the sun. Back of the net. Monkey tennis. Yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.